get real, yeah. Keep it real. Let's get real, yeah. Keep it real. Let's get real, yeah. Keep it real. Keep it real. That's the deal. Let's get real, yeah. Keep it real. Let's get real, yeah. Keep it real. Let's get real, yeah. Keep it real. Keep it real. That's the deal. Yeah, let's get real, yo, yeah. No fake news. Something real you can feel, yeah, we make moves. It's hard work, always, homie. We pay dues. In the negative, equivalent to fake views. The real distance, holy field, was banner always sealed. Steve Rogers with the shield. Packs, tell him how yeah, you feel. I'm chilling, vibing, taking in every moment. Feeling like I own it. No, it's not decoded. Hotel with my opus, hocus pocus, spitting magic. It's tragic. Everything I hear is average, so scratch it. LeBron with the passes, daggers, assassins. When you knock me down, I rise like Phoenix from the ashes. Let's get real, yeah. Keep it real. Let's get real, yeah. Keep it real. Let's get real, yeah. Keep it real. Welcome, 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 one and all, to another edition of the Let's Get Real podcast. We do this pretty regularly, almost every week. Hopefully, uh, you've enjoyed what we've been doing, and we're going to continue to bring here Mike Lubilubitz from my Conrad Cadet. What's going on, birthday boy? Uh, not much, man. Just celebrate my birthday, man. Just happy to see another year and just grateful for my friends and family and just, you know, trying to stay healthy. So I'll give you a lot of credit. You found a way, like, in the middle of this whole time, things have been different. You guys actually did have a getaway. Good for you, Mr. Birthday. Not really a getaway. It was a couple exits away, but still. <laughs> but still, it was better than, you know. I was I had you know, a lot of plans to go away this summer, but because of COVID, you know, everything had to be put on pause. So it was good to, you know, at least get on, get to the beach, get a little tan, you know, you know, enjoy the beach, you know, tan. pool you and whatnot. So Mr. Tan, yes, you look very right. tan. I look very, you know, darker than usual. So, you know, <laughs> blacker than usual, but it's all good. Um, so you brought it up, COVID, and I don't know if that's been our definitive theme, but we've talked about a lot of things. We've all been living in the time of COVID. Right. Coronavirus. And we don't, we're not focusing on the negative, just each week we talk about different things that people are dealing with one big part of COVID with for a lot of people is their relationships right you've been in a long relationship your girlfriend your son you're together you have your family uh on a decade you and you guys have been very respectful of COVID I'm engaged live with my fiance three and a half years and we've had our own ups and downs and interesting twists in terms of COVID so we figured why not delve deeper into the relationship aspects not only, like, I mean, coronavirus and how people are dealing with it. People are handling it good, bad, the ugly, and the positive and the great. Um, so uh, we, we de- delved into our past to coming to our present and into our future. And we've already talked with uh, Dr. Kim Ray, uh, a friend of ours from years past and now is a social activist and right. has her own podcast. Well, this week, we figured why not delve into the past, talking about relationships, why not deal with, talk, talk to some we know, we know from our past. Dr. Eva Brown, she's a PhD and she's a couples therapist, and she is uh, deals with intimacy, sex, communication specialist. Right. Also, has her own podcast. So, figure why not bring her on? Actually, have an expert in dealing with couples, and you know, talk to her about. I know she's married, a happily married woman. Talk about just relationships in this time. Some of the things that people can do to help with the relationships, or some right. of the things we've seen, some of the stuff we've dealt with, and figure we bring on. Dr. Eva Brown to the Let's Get Real podcast this week and talk about COVID from the aspect of relationships. Right. But we definitely, uh, it's been, definitely been a struggle these last few months. Everybody's been home. So it's not like you got that break from your, your spouse where, you know, you guys are going, you know, to work or whatnot and not, don't see each other for half of the day. But now, like, you're seeing your, your spouse 24-7. So it's, yeah, a, it's, like all it's the time. a difficulty and it's a challenge at the same time. 
So we'll see. We'll bring her on. So again, this is the Let's Get Real podcast. Connor Cadet, I am Mike Luby Lubitz. And this week, we are joined by, we've talked, the overarching theme of the Let's Get Real podcast, season three, has been, I guess, life in COVID, life in coronavirus, some of the things that we've dealt with, some of the things that have been going on. And this week, we figured Connor being someone who's been in a relationship over 10 years, I'm engaged with my fiance three and a half years. Relationships are a huge part of not only our lives, but the survival of coronavirus. And I mean, they've been throwing out the statistic, uh, divorce rates gonna skyrocket in, in coronavirus. And I think relationships have sort of struggled in coronavirus. So this week we figured we'd bring on a friend of ours that also is a very highly skilled couples therapist, also deals with intimacy, sex, communication specialist, has a podcast of her own, by the way, The Sacred Partners Podcast, the one and only Dr. Eva Brown, PhD. What's going on, Eva? How you doing? Hey, guys. How's it going? Good to be here tonight. Thanks for having me, Mike and Conrad. Thank you. Okay, so let me ask you, since you deal with, and we will get into maybe some of the more uh, interesting aspects of couples and more intimate aspects, but I wanted to go right to it. You do couples therapy. How have you found COVID to be during uh, there are relationships and the couples you deal with, the couple have you guys, because I know I'm in couples therapy, I'm in therapy myself, and I know my therapist has said her business has skyrocketed. How has it been for you during this time as a therapist? And then, I mean, I know you deal with all types of therapy, but you also focus on couples therapy. Yeah, the majority of my practice is couples therapy. I do do work, I work with individuals too, because I'm also a trauma therapist. I'm a trauma-informed therapist. So I help people work through like lifetime trauma, acute trauma, chronic trauma from their childhood all the way on into adulthood, you know? But aside from that, my main love is doing couples therapy, you know? And so you asked about my clients. So I was actually thinking about this before I came on tonight with you guys. I was like, what are my couples really going through, you know? And so I think what's happening is that a couple of my, quite a few of my couples are having lots of silver linings, you know? For example, they're able to spend more quality time with their family. They're actually eating dinner together, you know? They're on their phones a little bit less because their kids are around, you know? And they're like, well, I can't be on my phone while my kid's around, you know? Also, um, there, I'll go into the complications with all of that in a second because that's a whole nother story, right? <laughs> right. Um, but you know, uh, another, another thing that a lot of my couples have been saying is that the family time that they've had with their children has been amazing. Right. But of course the cons to all that, even though with myself personally, like I, I've had some silver linings too, you know, as well as some difficulties and some challenges in my business and my relationship and so forth, mm -hmm. you know, which we'll talk about. I'm totally cool with being transparent on the podcast. It is the real podcast, right? Isn't it? Yeah. So that's what we'll do. Um, so the, the cons to COVID is obviously lots of stress, um, mm -hmm. increased okay. anxiety. Um, my couples are overwhelmed, even though they have more quality time and their children are around more, they're also overwhelmed because they're not able to tap into their normal resources, like going to the gym, um, mm -hmm. like uh, taking a run when their nanny's there because they no longer have their nanny right. available, you know? Yeah, break time. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, a lot of my couples are higher end in terms of their mm -hmm. income, you know, so they have a lot of help. They're also professionals, you know, they're entrepreneurs, so they need help, you know? But since COVID, they haven't been able to get access to that help, so it's really all on themselves, you know? And it's right. a lot. Um, it's a lot in and of itself to be a couple these days and not have as many resources as you do 
did maybe back then, you know, in the, in the 50s and the 60s when, you know, the traditional nuclear family stayed home. Now we have both parents working, usually the mom and the dad, or it's a lesbian couple that's adopted or something like that, or, um, you know, whatever, those types of variations. But the point is, is that um, they're stressed, you know, and I, if you asked about the increase in business, I was always really busy but now I'm really busy. Like, I think I've, I've added another six to seven clients a week. Really? I normally, would, yeah, I already see 20 a week. Wow. So a now lot. I'm like, I'm over, you know, and it's a little bit too much for me. You know what I mean? I have to do a lot of self-care for myself and my pool a lot. But we also had to transition my business, um, which was crazy. You know, I had a 2,000 square foot center in Fort Lauderdale, Florida with, and I used to rent um, space you know, talking about COVID challenges, you know, I'll talk about myself personally for a second. Yeah, it's pretty, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Right. Um, so we used to have tenants that we had a team of eight, you know, cl- um, different types of individual and couples therapists, you know, right, right. and they would rent and they would help us pay rent every month. And we had three big offices. Mm-hmm. So the past seven months, I haven't seen my clients face to face. Everything has been through Zoom or my phone, yeah. you know, yeah. so we actually closed the center down. Wow. which is crazy, you know, and it's not that, you know, it was, it was a big, it was a big decision. You know, I went through a little bit of like depression through that experience. I was like, mm-hmm. cause it was like a dream, you know, my husband and I were like, yeah, like let's build a private practice. And now mm-hmm. all of a sudden COVID, what COVID actually did is it extended, um, co- you know, telehealth therapy five to 10 years in the future immediately. Yeah, right. So what we would have been seeing in 10 years in the therapy industry is now that, and even my, my colleagues too, and then I'll stop there, are also being affected. Like they're at 25% capacity with their tenants, you know? So in terms of like renting space, now the private practice is still full and thriving, but the other business, which would be passive income has, you know, ceased to exist, which is crazy. Okay, how is it, and you, there's so many different areas and we're talking with Dr. Eva Brown here, a couples therapist, has her own podcast, Sacred Partners podcast, Uh, does it all, but focuses on couples and as someone who is in couples, I'm in personal therapy, I'm Mr. Mm-hmm. Therapy, and couples therapy, uh, I've found how it has helped us. How have you found handling therapy now as opposed to before, as it changed the problems people are having? I know because you are in a vacuum, like it has been good for us in a lot of ways. We were spending more mm-hmm. time together in the beginning. You know, she was home from her office, you know, I know. Kyra can speak to the fact that he's been spending more time with his son. I, right. Her and I were doing, we were walking because she couldn't go to the gym. You know, right. I couldn't go to the gym, mm. running. But you're also there. And as much as you love someone, you do need space. How is it, how is the, the therapy itself? You know, some of the problems people are having differentiated now between now and then. Yeah, I think it's a good question. I really haven't noticed any differences. You know, the main, The main things that come in that people have, it's just, you know, it's just probably more acute, right? Because there's no space. They're just maybe fighting a little bit more than they normally would, you know, or they're they're feeling more stressed. And so sometimes when the couples feel stressed or when human beings feel stressed, we turn to our partners and we projectile vomit on them, (laughs) you know, because we're having a shit day, you know, but, you know, so there's a lot more of that happening, but the, the initial issues that couples come in, it's communication. It's emotional intimacy. Like, how do we maintain this emotional connection mm-hmm. with everything that we have going on in our life, with limited support, outside support, <clears throat> including family members and parents that used to help my couples are not because they're elderly and they're afraid because the kids are around COVID. I mean, I just had a client, um, 
God bless him. I feel really terrible, but his uncle just passed away last week from COVID-19. He's in his fifties, mm. you know? So that's another thing that I had to take into consideration. If I see 25 people a week, think about that. I'm exposed to so many different people. I take care right. of my father who's a liver and kidney transplant patient, you know, and I would be exposing my clients to me you know, which I probably would have caught COVID at this point already. I can tell you for sure. Half my clientele has already experienced COVID, you know, some have been hospitalized. Even, um, I've had one of my clients was on a ventilator. Another Mm. one of my, another one of my good clients, his best friend is, um, you know, almost died. Literally. We we still don't know if he's coming back. Yeah. It's, it's pretty bad. Yeah, it really is. Cause you know, there's all this hype about COVID, you know, oh, you shouldn't be scared. Don't wear a mask. Don't do this. But then you see people that are dying. You see people that are close and whether you're young or not, you still have people that are elderly in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, right. So you gotta, you know, do what you gotta do to protect them. So it's not about yeah. you at the end of the day, it's protecting everybody else around you. So Exactly, Conrad. Yeah. And also sacred sexuality is a huge thing in my business. um, Men and women want to learn how to have a sacred partnership, Mm -hmm. how to build the polarity in the bedroom, because a lot of times couples are not having sex. You know, the average couple nationally has sex twice a month, right? Twice a month. That's 24 something times a year. I remember sitting in the back with my, I was in a, when I was going through my PhD, my husband were around that range. We we're like averaging 45, 50. It was like really low, you know, a year. And I, I was sitting in the jacuzzi with my husband, you know, five, six years ago now. And I'm like, babe, how often do you think we have sex, honey? And he's like, I don't know. How often do you think we're having sex? You know, I'm like, well, he's like at least a hundred times a year. And I'm like, no, I don't think that's happening, you know? Wow. And um, so we had to take we had to hit a reset button, you know, and a lot of my couples experience that same thing where you're so burnt out with your energy. You know, it's not necessarily just about attraction, by the way, sometimes it is, but it's about energy. Sometimes people are just excusing themselves out of their own sex lives because they're so exhausted. Yeah. Work, kids, you know, your personal life, everything else that's going on. So it's easy to, you know, lose that part of your, your relationship. So I could definitely see that happening. Yeah. Okay, what do you, since you brought it up, what do you, and again, we're talking with Dr. Eva Brown here, the Let's Get Real podcast, Conor Cadet, mm-hmm. Mike Lubitz, uh, check her out, the Sacred Partners podcast. So, okay, sex, it's, it's funny because you bring up sex naturally, and, I've, and it's, over time, it's, when you grow up, men are always talked about as the, the sex that brings up sex, and women are the ones, but in reality, when you get older and you actually talk with human beings, Right. Women are very open about sex. Like women in with other women, with men, don't give a damn. Men are super repressed when it yeah. comes to sex. Like with men, with women, like we talk about whether you got it, you didn't get it, you are getting it, you're not going to get it. When did you get it? How often have you gotten it? Damn, I'm not getting it. And that's mm-hmm. it. And right. it took me in my past relationship to realize how repressed I was yeah. and how out there women are when it comes to sex. How do you, because it's something that my fiance, my fiance is a lot more open and it's been really good for us and helped mm-hmm. me out a lot, but it also, she always makes fun of me for whenever mm-hmm. sex is brought up, you know, it's like, even if I'm down to talk about it, I just naturally recoil, you know, cause like I'm a dude and we just do, we don't talk. So, and I'm a talkative person and even I find by nature. So you talked about, you have to take stock. You have to, we all, we hear in TV shows and movies, you know, the relation, the people want to spice their romance up and people mock it, but it's huge. It's very important. You need to spice it up. 
Kyra's been with his, his girl for over 10 years. And I know that, you know, she talks about it and he talks about it. And sometimes you just, the mundane, it's not even how you don't have a sex drive. Sometimes just, you don't have the just tired. You just, I'd rather get some sleep. Energy, you have kids running around, you know, yeah. work. So what do you, how do you help people? It's not, what yeah. you, how do you help them? Keep that you know, spark. Or keep that, 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 that spark going. Yeah, it's a good question. First of all, you have to definitely be intentional about your sex life. And by the way, if you don't have emotional intimacy, sex is going down the drain immediately. So a lot of the time, and this is for a long-term partnership, by the way, this is not when it's happy and fresh in six months, year into the relationship where you're still having sex like bunnies, you know what I mean? (laughs) And by the way, I just want to be clear, you can, my sex life has gotten infinitely better from the beginning of when I met my husband and I thought it was going to be amazing. Yeah. I, I thought it was already great but we had to work on it though you know what i mean guys like it's not like it just comes natural you know you can get caught up in stuff that is exterior to your relationship even your relationship with yourself plays a huge role in your sexuality you know for example like the relationship that we have with shame and sexuality you know like i come from the jewish italian irish family system you know where we didn't talk about sex we didn't talk about feelings we didn't talk about intimacy we we barely i mean we screamed at each other most of the time we had something to say, you know? So I, myself as a woman, even as open-minded as I am, was still somewhat sexually repressed myself. And I had to work through that as well, you know? And I'll talk about that here in just a second, if you guys want to know about it. Um, But- Yeah, I mean, I like to be honest because I think it's going to help people. Yeah. All right. I think so. So, you know, the question that you asked is multifaceted, basically, you know, Mike, because it's like there's sexual shame, then there's the relationship you have with sex, and then there's a relationship that you have with sexuality, which is different, right? What is your sexuality? How do you... Um, you know, especially if you're gay or you're lesbian, how do you come out to that? You know, if you have any proclivities, you know, if you have any, um, you know, sexual nuances that are not mainstream, like BDSM or, you know, that whole world, which by the way, a lot of my couples practice, you know, also polyamory has become a huge thing for people. You know, most of my couples are monogamous, but I do have, you know, a certain percentage of my clients that play in that world because they don't want to subscribe to that because they think, oh, monogamous is boring. The truth is it's not, you know, if you're doing it right and you're, you're, what I mean by right is you're being intentional. You're working on your relationship with sex. Your partner is working on their relationship with their sexual, you know, their sexual, sexual self. And, you know, a good indication if you are repressed or if you have sexual shame is if you start to talk yourself out of sex. Okay. Like, you know, you're supposed to have sex, you know, you really want to, but all of a sudden you start making excuses, right? I remember I did that. I used to be in my closet every once in a while and be like, do I really want to have sex right now? You know what I mean? And of course, when I had sex, it was great. You know what I mean? Like when you actually make love and you in, in, engage with your partner, it's, it's great because, you know, you kick things up a notch and it all feels good. Mm-hmm. But five or six years ago is when I started to realize that I had to really work on my relationship with sexuality as open as I was, Mike and mm-hmm. Conrad. Because uh-huh. you remember, I sold um, passion parties back in my 20s. Mm-hmm. I sold lubricants and toys, and I taught sexual education. I so you that. would yeah, think, oh, yeah, yeah. Eva is super open. Yeah. yeah. But the truth is, when it came down to my own self and then my partner and exploring different realms, I wasn't quite tuned in as much uh-huh. as I needed to be. 
you know? So one of the things that my husband and I did is for three months, we were doing this. So I'll give you the backstory. And this is a really good intervention, by the way. If you're having some type of sexual block and you keep making excuses and excusing yourself out of your own sex life for whatever reason, you can do this as an experiment. So I did this podcast on my Taboo Talk Time podcast. Sacred Partners is the new one, but the old one was Taboo Talk Time. And we talked about things that are taboo. And so um, I, I had these sexual healers on the podcast. And they were like the highest paid sexual healers in the world. I was like, who are these people? What's happening? You know? So they came on the podcast and, you know, they told me, first of all, they have two children and they make, you know, millions of dollars a year, obviously. And they have sex twice a day. Really? And I said, I said that's <clears throat> I exactly the freaking response <laughs> I had, Mike. I mean, my whole mouth like dropped open. I mean, I was just like, how is that possible? Right? When do you have time to do that? How do you have time to do that? Oh. And so they said to me, guess what they said? Well, isn't it the most beautiful thing if you can wake up connected to your partner and go to sleep connected with your partner? And I said, I couldn't, I couldn't not agree with them. I said, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know? And I realized maybe I had more sexual hangups about what sex actually was, mm. right? Which is really just connection with your partner. Yeah. Really when it comes down to it right? Mm -hmm. It's not about the orgasm. It's not about necessarily how it feels, mm -hmm. even though that's fantastic, but it's yeah. the connection piece mm -hmm. is the priority. And so they said, yeah. And we, sometimes we do it three times a day. And I'm like, yeah, you guys are crazy. I'm going to have to get some. <laughs> <laughs> so I go out to my husband. This is literally a true story, guys. I'm serious. Mm -hmm. I'll get my husband in the, in the other room is laughing at me. <laughs> so he, uh, I said, I walked out of the podcast. I'm like, babe, this couple is having sex twice a day. They got two kids. They're making millions of dollars. Like something's going on. Like we got to get it on, you know? <laughs> and, he, it and of course my husband's like, where do I sign up? Yeah, exactly. uh, of course. So yeah. I'm thinking, okay, so we had sex. I said, babe, we're going to have sex every day, not twice a day. Cause I didn't want to bite off more than I could chew. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I said, we're going to have sex every day for three months. And he was like, okay, cool. Let's do it. So anyways, this is the whole story. Like he was going to say no. Huh? No, no, he's totally, he's down. Paul's not the problem. It was me, okay? So I, I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to try it out. And so the first month, guys, I remember thinking to myself, am I really going to do this? Am I really going to, like, every single day for three months, you know? So I remember sitting in my closet, you know what I mean? And I'm like, all right, I committed. Let's do it, you know? And we had a great time every time. It was great. Good. And then about a month into it, I started feeling like, oh, like this is interesting because not only is it becoming a habit of connection, an intentional habit, and of course you don't want to put habit and sex in the same one. I don't yes. mean it as a habitual. I yeah. mean it as we're making an intentional space to connect. For each other, right. And about, mm -hmm. Exactly. About two months in, I was definitely more tuned into myself in terms of my own sexuality in a way that I had not expected, really? right? Yeah, in, in a really interesting way, yeah. And I started to really become more open, not necessarily to different things, but just more open, right? Because sometimes when you talk about sexual repression, you know, I talk with my couples all the time, use your vocals during sex, talk during sex, you know, start to open up the space, you know, don't, don't just sit there like two bodies with no motion and no do voice, do happening, you know, know. Like, right to me. Yeah. <laughs> right. So learn to fully express. Right. So I was giving myself more and more permission. This is the key guys. Mm -hmm. And for those that are listening, 
more and more permission to fully self-express. Wow. And guess what happened? My business tripled in income, right? Really? Yeah. It, it, yeah. My business, my income, we went from uh, uh, like just under 80,000 or something at the time that we were making to almost 150, 200 at that time. Wow. And I was thinking to myself, that's interesting. And so when I was talking to these sexual healers, they were like, Eva, the more that you're open and the more that your ch channel, they called it a channel because they're mm -hmm. spiritual, your sexual channel is open, the more magnetism you're bringing into your life. And I was thinking to myself, I'm not sure I'm buying this, okay, people? <laughs> and so, and you're but, the therapist and you're but I did it, you know, I, I did it. And since then, you know, like, you know, before, for example, and this is something for the women that are listening, I was in my masculine, this is polarity conversation too. I just want to be clear that this the whole thing that I was transitioning into was alpha woman that likes to be in control, you know, that doesn't want to really let her guard down a hundred percent, that doesn't want to fully surrender to any man, you know, mm. blah, 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 insert whatever. Yeah. Even my, my husband, it wasn't my husband. It was me. You know what I mean? It was my own blocks. It had nothing to do with him. He's amazing. Mm -hmm. So I had to figure out, wow, where is my polarity here? So I started to wear dresses instead of wearing pantsuits every day. Mm -hmm. I started, instead of wearing a jacket, I started wearing shawls, you know? Um, there were so many different things that I was tapping into in terms of my femininity, guys. Mm -hmm. And it's the opposite for masculine, which if you guys want to hear about, I can talk about, you know, stepping in and holding space for your partner. Well, in court, I'm like taking notes. Yeah, I know, right? Okay. I'll go back and watch so, the video. Take some <laughs> Well, I'm glad you guys are taking something away. You know, that's oh, what I definitely. live for. So, um, so anyways, I started to really live in that fully expressed self. And then I started to learn about polarity. Now, again, this is six years ago. I've been helping couples with this for six years now. So I talk about sexual polarity, dancing into that masculine and that feminine energy. So I had to learn to come home and really relax my shoulders. I, I actually created a meditation practice when I got home from masculine energy doing, doing, doing all day. So I could be a feminine energy that my husband is ready to receive. Does that Not make true. sense? Yes, definitely. Oh, again, it's funny you say that because you were talking about how you were type A, you know, whatever. Not type A. You said um, no. Type A is perfect way to type A, but I didn't want to put that on you as well. But you were, you know, you had to be alpha, the alpha. You had, you had to be in control. But my fiance, it's funny because she is very that way in life. But in the bedroom, she perfect. Maybe it's either naturally purposely or the combination is the opposite. Mm -hmm. She's like, I'm in control. She's boss lady. She runs a business. She's a yeah. part of a business. She does all this stuff that she wants to just let it go. And early on right. she did this because she's very vocal, very communicative. When we were yeah. dating early on was like, what are your love languages? What do you like? What do you don't like? Huh. How are you in the oh. bedroom? Yeah. No, all of it. So, and we, yeah. it was good for me because I don't think to talk that way. So, it, but she made a point to say she was like that. So when you said that, it's funny. I find a lot of the time people are the opposite. The fact that you naturally weren't because you just couldn't you know let yourself let go i find very interesting they had like work yeah out. and by mm. the way i just want to be clear too that i was able to let go as much as i was able to let go but i realized that i could let go even more and okay. more 
and more, and I'm still letting go even Mm. more and more and more. Now my husband and I play the drums in the bedroom. We have, you know, sound healings, you know, we're listening to music. We've got the red lights going, you know what I mean? Strobe lights. I mean, it's crazy. For sure. You know, it's whatever. We're having fun. But the point is, is that we're having so much more fun with it. Right. And I am letting go more and more and more. And he's, learn to really stand in his masculine even more. Like my husband was also very type A as well, very alpha man. Um, But again, there's a difference, okay? Destructive masculine and destructive feminine. There is very different than what I call divine masculine and divine feminine because um, you're really not being destructive. So even when you think that you're surrendering with your partner, like you mentioned, your partner is already surrendering and so Mm -hmm. forth, right? And she's really Mm -hmm. relaxed and allowing herself to be present in the moment. There are ways that everyone, including myself and your fiance and anyone out there, that you can let go even more and you can sexually express even more. And it's, in, it's fun to think of ways that you can allow yourself to be more free. And really the ultimate thing that we're doing is freedom. You know, free to sexually be fully expressed, not thinking about your boobs, not thinking about your back, not thinking about your penis, not thinking about the vagina, not thinking about any of the parts of the body that we usually get caught up with. You know, is my penis too big? Is my vagina weird? You know, who knows it, right? All the shit that we fill the bedroom with, guys. All the stuff. When you Mm -hmm. take all that and you start to peel back that onion, that's what I'm talking about, real surrender. I'm not just talking about a woman that can lay on the bed and relax and surrender. I'm not talking about that. It's an emotion. I just want to be clear too. It's an emotional, it's an emotional attunement Mm -hmm. on all levels. I got you. Yeah. And what I've found is we we talk about, you know, you talk all the time sex. A lot of the you'll hear it's emotional for women, you know, men, it's you know, not as emotional. I disagree. I, I was going to say, I, and I, yeah. I'm, I'm in touch with my sensitive side. I get it. Not everyone is. Fine. Thank yeah. you. Man. Thank you. I, I just had to bust your ball. Sorry. I, I got it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I'm, as we know, I'm okay with it. Now, I am emotional. I found emotions getting the way. I have anxiety issues <laughs> that I've confronted, and I overthink, and I'm analytical, and that has, you know, found its way into that area as it would most definitely. That's for sure. An area that we're thinking gets. How you do sex is how you do everything. Exactly. <laughs> and also, sex is, especially with a guy, you know, certain yeah. things work a lot better when you're not thinking, you know. Yeah. So it's interesting you bring up emotion because it, a lot of time you'll hear emotions and guys will check out. It's not the case, like especially with a with a partnership. Like if you're pissed at her, yeah, there's the angry sex. There's also you're pissed enough sometimes where you're just like, I don't, I don't. I don't want to touch her. I don't want to be next to her. Like I want to deal with it. When I find a lot of time when they talk about makeup sex, I think it's good. It's because you're finally getting over the anger and you're allowing the passion to get involved, and that's the thing. Sex is at least in my experience is the best when emotion is there. When Mm -hmm. it's emotionless. You just said, you talked about just laying there and you were joking about a woman letting go. But just being there and get going through the motions is the antithesis of what, at least from what I found, a, a successful and a really, you talk about connection. The yep. more emotion that's involved, the more you feel the connection, at least I, from right. what I found in my life. Yeah, when I talk about sacred sexuality, for example, um, that 
is a, an emotional and passionately attuned physical connection and spiritual connection. It's all of them merged into one. And it takes quite a while for a couple to get there, by the way. You know, it, it actually takes years, if I'm honest, mm -hmm. right? I oh, mean, really? uh, quite frankly, yeah. I mean, it can take several years for a couple to do it because, and I'll tell you why, what happens outside of the bedroom is very important in a relationship. And what you guys were just mm -hmm. talking about is communication, resentment issues, contempt, arguing, mm -hmm. um, frustrations that happen in the relationship, little projections where you turn to your partner and you're like, you always do this. No, 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 that's not how you do it. You always right. do this, you know? That's, that's called, that's projections, you yeah. know? And, and I am very passionate, by the way, about that because that's my jam. When I work with couples, I tune all that communication and that intimacy shit up right away because if you don't, you ain't having good sex. It's not, that's just how it is. And by the way, research shows, I mean, you'll have good sex every once in a while, but not consistently. Right. Okay. Yeah, sure. Just to be clear. All right. You know, we're talking about consistent sex happening four or five times a week type of sex. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about the one offer where the skies, the stars, the moon and the sky of freaking aligns. You know what I mean? And we're like, woo, you know, we're partying and it's fun. You know, I'm talking about a consistently tuned in sexual partnership. Okay. Mm -hmm. In order to get there, you have to have communication dialed in. You have to have your emotional intimacy because this this is what research shows. It shows three things by Drs. John and Julie Gottman, who I love. Oh, the they're method. amazing. They're amazing mentors of mine. What's that? I've heard of the guy. My therapist talks about the Gottman method. Oh, it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm a Gottman level two certification. Nice. You know. Nice. So when when and the reason why is because you cannot be a couples therapist without having research behind you. It's of just course, impossible, yeah. or any doctor for that matter, or master's level clinician. You just you can't just, you know, left hip it. You have to have some kind of foundation. Right. Some kind of background. So what they found is, yeah. So what they found was that there's three differences between happily married couples and unhappily married couples. You guys want to take notes? This is the time to take notes, right? I'm going to record. Um, I know, right? We're recording. We're good. For anyone that's listening, take notes. Okay. Um, so the first thing is that happily married couples repair the emotional connection in the relationship dynamic, not the content of what happened. So mm -hmm. they do a successful repair after an argument or disagreement. Mm -hmm. So that looks like this. Hey, honey, when such and such happened, not going into details, I felt really disappointed when this happened. And it would really make a difference moving forward if you could please take care of the dishes before I get home, as an example. Mm -hmm. The reason why I gave an example it would really make a difference if it's because number one, you want to set your partner up for success. You want to tell them exactly what you want and you don't want to do it in a negative way. Right. You don't want to say it would really make a difference if you could just please, you know, not leave the fucking dishes in the sink. No, okay, <laughs> that's delivery. not going to work. Delivery is that doesn't work well. That doesn't work. Yeah, that doesn't work well. <laughs> yeah, because it's sarcastic. It's yeah. contemptuous. It's yeah. got the resentment. It's got a punch behind yeah. it, you know. And, and by the way, I just, before I go into the other two, Research by Dr. And Julie, John and Julie Gottman also showed that the reason why couples divorce, because we were talking about the divorce rate earlier, is because of contempt. Yep. It's the emotion of contempt. It's actually not what people think, like a betrayal or affair or trust mm -hmm. issues. Now, can those eventually amount mm -hmm. to of contempt? Course, yeah. 100%. Yeah. But I just want to be clear that it's the emotion of contempt. Like, I just can't stand you right mm -hmm. now. 
And that feeling just keeps building and building after 20, 30 years of that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It gets yeah. pretty relentless. <laughs> Now, some people only can last a year like that. You know, it depends on what kind of family system you're a part of. In my family system, we put up with a lot of shit. So for me, I probably could be in a long-term marriage and put up with a lot, right? But Mm -hmm. I wouldn't do that because I'm smarter. Um, But, you know, there are couples out there that do stay in long-term marriages. I mean, I have couples that are in their 50s and 60s that are doing couples therapy for the first time in their lives now because, you know, when they were 30, it was taboo. You know, it now wasn't, it open, wasn't mainstream. open to therapy and couples yeah. therapy. And, I'm talking know, to seeking, two guys help. that never would have done therapy 10 years ago. 10 years and ago yeah. Both are in therapy and very happy and proud to be yeah. in therapy. And I, it's helping a lot. And it's, I'm learning a lot from it and trying to catch myself in, you know, the way I talk and the way I deliver certain things. And it of hasn't course. making a big difference over the last, you know, few weeks since I started going. Oh, cool. If you guys want, I'll gift you guys my program. It's my online program. Oh, nice. I'll gift it wow. to you guys. Can take it if you want, you know? Um, so the, the repair is number one. Number two, this is what research shows, the differences between happily married couples and unhappily married couples, just bringing it back, okay, is happily married couples are five times, not four times, not three times, not two times, not Thank one you. time, five times more positively acknowledging for every one criticism. Mm. So that means if you have a very negative complaint oriented way of getting your needs met, that's bad. Mm. If you are trying to say something to your partner, like I will have a request for change, but I'm just going to lay in a bunch of complaints in that. Like, well, you never do this and you never do this. And you know, look what you did. I mean, it's still out back. You still haven't mowed the lawn, you know? I mean, come on, you know? And by the way, that's shaming. It's a shaming way of communicating and people don't realize it. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, couples are internalizing all this shame and all this tension in their bodies. And that's why sex starts to decrease, Mm -hmm. okay? So this this is the science behind it. Now, it's also cultural. A lot of cultures are not positively five times more positively acknowledging. A matter of fact, for example, Jamaican cultures, Haitian cultures, even, um, you know, uh, Jewish, you know, the Jewish um, culture, um, most all cultures really, very (laughs) seldom. I I can't really even think of one that does it naturally. Maybe, no, not even the, not even Spanish really, because that's really machismo. The, the, The traditional way that we have been raised, which is very minimal um, verbal acknowledgement, okay? Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, well, yeah, my dad said that he was proud of me like one time when I was 21, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or something like that. Well, that's like, true. Stuff like that, because men and women are very, have been raised very differently than this, than the millennials, than us, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's important that we, ha- we have to pay attention to that detail though, because history is different than how we want to actually manage our marriages today. It's like the old school surviving relationship and what I call um, the new age thriving partnership. That's why everybody from that generation got divorced and all their their numbers are very high because they just stayed in relationships that their parents made them stay in because they got married when they were young or they just felt bad from you know, get away from their partner. And, and get or the marriages from the generation before stayed together, mm-hmm. but they were bitter the whole time and they raised a bunch of kids right. that were like, I'm not going to be that way. Oh, stuff's hard. Mm-hmm. Let's just end get it. Out. Oh yeah, that too. Oh yeah. And the, the couples that I'm working with that are fit in their fifties and sixties, 
their kids literally call me and thank me. They're like, you have no idea how much you've helped my parents. I used to not ha love coming to see them, but now I do, you know, nice. you know, it's, it's hard, you know, when you're, when you go visit your parents and they're just not getting along and they're bickering. The they're whole not time. happy. Sometimes they're just together for the kids or for the sake of the family. So. Yeah. And like, listen, I'm telling you, like we just hit on my mission. Like by the time I'm dead, hopefully mm -hmm. I've made a, a significant enough impact on exactly what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Stopping that old school surviving crap and moving into mm -hmm. a thriving place. You know, that's what we're, that's where all, that's what you guys are doing. And mm -hmm. that's what a lot of couples are doing now. And you guys should be proud of yourselves because mm -hmm. the only thing it's going to bring you is more passion, more mm -hmm. sex, more love, more appreciation and more acknowledgement. Because by the way, it's not just the men that are destructive. Women are equally destructive. You know, I used to be able to criticize with the best of them. I could put anyone down. It's true. I mean, I had a very sharp tongue. You know, you mess with me, I'm going to kick your butt. You know? I mean, that's a combination. <laughs> exactly. On top of it. Thanks, Mike. So, you know, it's one of those things that you have to really pay attention to because if you're going to be destructive in your relationship and you know when you're destructive, like, you know, when you do some shit and it ain't cool. Right. You can tell. Okay. So, wife is going to be mad about this one. I've been there watching Kyra. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And I, I know, sometimes I know I'm not supposed to do it, but I just do it. Sometimes I just do it anyway. Conrad, you better stop that. I know, I, so I'm going to therapy. I'm trying to work on that. Yeah, on that. and you're going to take my program too. I'm sending will, it to you. I will. I'll check it out. Okay, and the last one, the last one that differentiates happily married couples and unhappily married couples is accountability, okay, of your own emotional experience. It's very specific. Yeah. For example, if you turn to your partner and you say to them, you make me feel, first of all, you're in what's called victim consciousness. Mm -hmm. You are making me feel. No, no one's making you feel anything. Mm -hmm. That's how you feel. And your partner said something that triggered you, but that's not their fault. Okay. It doesn't mean that it was their intention to hurt you in the way that you received it. Does that make sense? That's 100%. <laughs> but all the time with my couples, they turn to their partner. Well, you're making me feel inadequate. Yep. Okay. Seriously? Okay. Let's go back to when you were a kid, when you were bullied. Let's go back to way before you met your partner. Because by the way, if you guys don't know your triggers, your own emotional triggers, and I'll go over mine in a second. You guys can say yours because if you know them, you should say because people need to hear, you know, men and women be able to communicate about their triggers and be able to say, hey, I, I know what my triggers are. So then you can communicate it successfully to your partner. Yeah. For example, I grew up in a Jewish, Italian, Irish house, like I told you, right? Yeah. So in my house at dinner time, everyone talked over each other. Mm -hmm. Everyone interrupted each other. Like literally, they would ask you a question and mid-sentence, you would be interrupted mm -hmm. in my family. Okay. So you can imagine how that worked out in our relationship. When I met Paula and I, we were interrupting each other left and right. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, sorry, go ahead and finish what you're going to say. My bad, honey. You know, and you know, you really have to think, yeah. how are your family dynamics, the way you grew up, what happened to you? What kind of traumas you had? Even if they're small little traumas, it doesn't have to be rape. It doesn't have to be something crazy that happened to you. It, it could just be you. as, you know, your partner, you didn't feel listened to. Yeah or you didn't feel acknowledged, or you didn't feel yeah. seen as a kid. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. You know, so for me, I had a trigger of not feeling heard, as you can imagine, yeah. mm -hmm. right? So at the beginning of my 
a relationship. I would turn to Paul and be like, you're not listening to me. You're not paying attention to me. You're blah, 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 blah. Right. And Paul's like, mm-hmm. babe, I am listening. I'm pretty sure I'm listening, you know? And, and I'm like, no, you're not, you're not listening. And so that was way 12 years ago. You know, we've been, we've been together for a long time now, but at that now it looks like this in our relationship. And this is what I teach my couples. Babe, my not feeling heard trigger is coming up again. Would you mind doing some active listening for me? <laughs> and every, guess what happens? Instead of making your partner feel to blame yeah. and attacking them and criticizing them and making them feel like they did something wrong, yeah. right? Yeah. You're saying, hey, I'm having this problem. Can you please help me out? And you're teaming up with your partner. Mm-hmm. It's an entirely different way of thinking about things. Right. They accept that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, oh, it's literally the things that we've been working on. I grew yeah. up in a home. It, it was the opposite with the interrupting. I didn't take it as a bad thing because I grew up in a home where we all just yelled all the time. So that's just normal. <laughs> and I know it's not. And I know it's not right. But early on, she hated it, which yeah, she should. Sure. And she would say to her, it was a sign of disrespect. And it was that. I wasn't listening. Now I would hear everything she was saying. I was totally respecting her in my mind. But of course it's a sign of disrespect. If you want to hear what someone has to say, you got to listen. You have two ears, one mouth, as they say, listen. But my background dictated it differently. You know, one of my triggers is sort of abandonment. And the funny thing that we've dealt with is she is Latin and she's very passionate. And mm-hmm. growing up, her mom like had this thing where like whenever her dad and her mom would fight, she would like, well, we're getting a divorce. And it was like, you've been married 15 years. You have two kids. You're like, you're not getting, it doesn't work over a fight over the car, you know, exactly. driving the car. Yeah, she would but threaten. That, and that was the thing. So my fiance picked that up. Yeah. And I being divorced and having an ex-wife who literally were married two years. She wasn't happy. She had contempt and she didn't want to work on it. And that was it. My ex before that just left. So I had a thing about like, Abandonment, yeah. we're going to leave eventually. You all leave. That's what you do. They, you're happy. That's and then right. you so Shirley would then do that. Like every time we get into a fight, she would like, yeah, she would and say I that. told her about it and she would, it was just natural and she didn't do it on purpose and she hated that she did it. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's a trigger of mine and it's something we've had to work on. And in couples therapy, we both have, you know, I've worked on not interrupting. I've worked on listening. She'll Good. say, you know, and she's gotten way better at the threatening and it's it's interesting when to point out the trigger and you have someone you know like everyone who's listening dr eva brown uh keeps talking about those who are listening i'm telling you listen to her everything she's yeah. saying is literally what we pay right money each right week money. to hear from our therapist and it is working our communication yeah. is so much better yeah. and everything has flourished from that so it, it's interesting once you put a name on your trigger and actually yeah. diagnose it isn't that interesting yeah mm-hmm. but it helps to work on it and sort of improve things right just make it better yeah 100 percent. conrad what are your triggers you know anyone I feel, you got a on? I, feel, I have a i have a few what one i would say is uh i would say when i was younger like the way my family my family is from haiti so mm-hmm. they're, they're very like strict and reserved and when it comes yep. to kids kids were not allowed to express themselves and yeah. I felt like when, as I got older, I started to notice that about myself. And then like in certain settings, I would never express my feelings or make it known like what I need out of the, you know, certain situations. So I've been yeah. noticing that my, like a lot lately and I'm just, I'm trying to start to speak out more and just, you know, speak up for what I, what I believe is right. And, and just not like hold my tongue anymore. Like I'm a grown man. I have a son and I have to set the right example for them. And you, you know, just because they're a, you know, they're a kid, you have to listen to what they're saying. You can't just bypass oh they're just a kid 
you know, and let me not listen to what they're saying. But like me, I, listen, I make it a habit to listen to my son, to what he's, his, his feelings. And because my family, they never really did that. Coming from the islands, you're supposed to be tough. You know, everybody, you know, put your feelings, you know, to the back burner. Feelings don't matter. You always got to be tough. And I'm trying to, you know, teach my son to, be, you know, express yourself, you know, if something is not right, say something about it and just don't sweep it under the rug. Like, you know, stay, you know, stand up for something. So I just try to be different, try to break that gener generational curse. Yeah. So it's nice that you're creating a multi-generational change for mm -hmm. your child. You know what I mean? And really changing, you're really changing a, a big systemic thing that mm -hmm. goes on in, you know, Haitian, Jamaican island cultures, really, right. you know, to be honest, you know, it, it happens with a lot of my couples and it's not necessarily cultural because you know, other people, you know, German, like I talked to before, I mean, most of us are repressed, honestly, emotionally. Uh, most of us have what's called the sexual bluff, like Mike, you were talking about earlier, yeah. um, how men talk about how often they do it and so forth, but it's really about the quality of the mm -hmm. sex that you're having, not necessarily the quantity, even though quantity is okay. also important to some extent. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I don't think really they're speaking about it like that because a lot of times, you know, the porn industry, um, and the way that men have been acculturated to sex is very physical, very tactile, mm. um, very, you know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am type of thing. And there's not a lot of emotional expression that goes into it. And um, I think that's for men across the board, but definitely there's a lot more cultures that subscribe mm -hmm. to that type of mentality with sex. And so one of the things that I have is an intervention for, for men and for women. And so I'll share it with you guys is think about your trigger. If you really want to bring... Um, like remember we talked about it earlier how it's about really learning to to really fully express right in during sex yes for example when you're making love to your partner for you mike for this is just an example okay when you're making love to your partner and especially about the time you're about to ejaculate or you're about to have an orgasm or something like that and the same can be done for your partner it's called orgasmic manifestation okay it's a spiritual term but it actually does work and it helps to ground you in because you're in a physical exchange. And by the way, this is researched, okay? If you tell your partner in the middle of her orgasm, for example, if you tell your partner you're a horrible woman, you know, you take too long to orgasm, or you give her some type of criticism, that will stay in her mind for the rest of her life because it's imprinted because her body is fully open like a flower. Think about it like that. Yeah. When you're closed, mm -hmm. you can say whatever you want to someone, but their sexual aura is closed. Okay. So you can also use it for the opposite in a good way because you don't want to be doing negative things like that in the bedroom. But men and women do that all the time. Oh, you take too long to have an orgasm or, oh my God, you know, how long is it going to take? You know what I mean? All these mm. complaints during sex, it actually hurts um, the, the ego and the psyche so much more than you realize because well, your sexual that. aura is open. Okay. okay. However, you can use it for the benefit. So for example, if you have a trigger of feeling abandoned, right, you can say in the middle of sex, you can say in your mind, especially when you're about to orgasm. I know it sounds a little weird, but just go with me. Okay. Mm -hmm. You can say, um, she loves me and she's staying with me forever, or she loves me and she's not leaving me. She loves me and she's going to be there for me always. Right. And you're really tapping in and you're grounding into that energy. You can say it in your head. You don't have to say it out loud and be weird about it. You know? <laughs> but you know, like, you, you can also ask what do you your say? partner. You can ask your partner too. <laughs> what are you mumbling over there? I just remember, you love me. You really love me. It's <laughs> so great. But you can have your partner, you can have your partner, and I'll give you an intervention that my husband and I did. You can have your partner say, 
Um, I'm, I love you more than anything. And I'm here to say, to stay with you while you're engaged in sexual intercourse. Okay. So for example, I was a woman that didn't really feel safe to be in her full power. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I always held back, always reserved myself a little bit more, even though people think I'm outgoing and stuff like that. I had this like little bit of like this repression in terms of sitting in my own power and just being in, in that space. So my husband for three or four months, we did this intervention that every time, you know, an orgasm was happening or I, my body would be, you know, fully open. He would say, you're safe to stand in your power, Eva. You're safe wow. to stand in your power, Eva. You're safe to stand in your power. And he helped me. And that's what I mean by sacred partners. It's more than just sex. You know, it's, it's a spiritual journey and it's a growth journey. If you allow sex to be a growth journey. Does that make sense? It makes perfect. So for you, Conrad, it, it could be, it could be for you, Conrad, it could be allow myself to fully express. And you'll be surprised when you tell your mind that you're going to be opening up even more. You know, you might stand in your masculine a little bit more with your woman. You know what I mean? Right. And then she might be like, wow, I kind of like that, you know? So keep an open mind, but use your triggers as a growth tool. Use your growth triggers in the opposite and have your partner help you. And you can even tell your partner, Conrad, it could be something like, just as an example, because people are listening right now and I, I promise you, they have the same things going on, okay? You, can, you could even tell your partner, hey, honey, when I'm in that space, you know, tell me that I'm safe to fully express. Tell me that you want me to fully express, you know? And then guess what? The more she says that, the more you start to do it. And then six months down the road, you're doing, you're doing and saying things and feeling things that you would have never allowed yourself to feel because it's a safety mechanism, guys. Mm -hmm. It's a safety mechanism and it's a defense mechanism that's built into the subconscious mind. And it goes through in every aspect of our lives. It's not just, you know, when we're talking to our son or talking to our wife, it happens mm -hmm. during sexuality. And sexuality is the best time to reprogram yourself mm -hmm. because you're actually in a state of hypnosis. Did you guys know that? I did not realize that. Really? Yeah, you're in a state of hypnosis, which means if my, when my husband said, Eva, you're safe to stand in your power, there is nothing that can block or resist that in my mind or in my body because my body and mind is fully open. My spiritual aura is open. So, when, and you can't do two things at once when you're in hypnosis, okay? When you're having an orgasm, think about it. When you're having an orgasm, are there any thoughts that are going through your mind in those 10 seconds or 15 seconds? No. And if you're having multiple orgasms a minute, okay? Like for women that experience multiple orgasms, you can't think of anything else. Your mind cannot resist it yeah. when you're having an orgasm. Yeah. So that's the perfect time to reprogram your mind and you can have your partner team up with you and help you with it. Wow, that's amazing. Well, we don't want you giving away all the secrets for free. So <laughs> I've got plenty, don't worry. Eva Brown, she does host her own podcast, so you need to listen, check, check it out. out. Yeah. Sacred Partners Podcast. Uh, follow her on Instagram for sure at Sacred Partners. Also, she's on Facebook as well, Dr. Eva Brown. If people want to check out the podcast, because we were talking about our podcast, but I feel like you do something like this, something near it. How can they find your podcast and start subscribing and getting involved with what you're doing there? Yeah. Well, the best time to, the best thing to do is find me on Instagram, find me on Facebook first, you know, because I want to connect with you. Number two, our, our sacred partners podcast is a new podcast and we're actually launching September 1st. 
The podcast that's out for, for viewing now is called Taboo Talk Time Podcast. But to be honest with you guys, I'm retiring that podcast and we're just moving to Sacred Partners. We did a complete nice. rebrand in the past month oh, okay. and we're, we're actually serving couples worldwide now, not just in Florida. Mm. Wow, that's amazing. Spanning. Well, we really appreciate you coming on. This has been Dr. Eva Brown. She is amazing. I'm telling you, as someone who is- Thank you for your time. for therapy. Thank you, you kind. She literally hit all the bases. Yeah. I should just talked to her first. Uh, but <laughs> I'm set. But you, if you are, you aren't. Dr. Eva Brown can definitely help you out. Thank you so much, Eva. We really appreciate it. And we may have to circle back around and have you on. I'm going to try some of those tricks tonight, maybe. Hopefully. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Go for it, Conrad. Thanks, Eva. We appreciate you, you coming right. on. Thank you for coming Thank on. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Conrad. Love All you guys. Right. I'm happy right, to welcome. come back on anytime. I love All you right. back. Be safe. Thank you. Take Thank care. Thank you. Bye, guys. All right. Bye-bye. And I think she covered everything. So uh, go try it. <laughs> <laughs> try it out tonight and see what happens. See how it works. I, I think. And I, I wasn't trying to throw you under the bus. I just know you haven't hit it. I don't hit it. But growing up, it's, I always thought therapy is the kind of thing. Not even just sex. It's funny. We went into sex. And we just stayed there. But mm. just in general, therapy is something I always thought, come on, therapy? Like, who, who goes Yeah, as, as growing up in our time, like, it was a different time. Like, they, I don't know, they, being manly, you were, like, you weren't supposed to tap into your feelings. But now I feel like it's a different generation, different times. People are more open about their feelings and talking, to, you know, to people about getting help. People are more open and also people understand more that, like, it doesn't make you more of a man to be repressed. It makes you someone that's mm. going to have a lot of failed relationships and you're going to be bitter. Right, he's gonna go in a circle. I feel like it's helping me a lot, helping me just realize, you know, how the way how you talk to yourself and the way you think and how it affects the things around you and your relationship. So it's it's good, it's a good thing to, to check out therapy because it can help you guide you in the right direction. Dr. Eva Brown was great, so definitely I would definitely vouch for her. But if not her, you know, I I've talked about this to a lot of people, but I feel like everyone should be in therapy, and I'm not trying. I don't get paid by therapists. I just we all have our own issues and Eva talked about it. We're all repressed in some way. And as much as you think you're in control of yourself, you really don't know until yeah. you sit there and you're like, Oh shit, I was on that. Oh shit, I was on that. Oh, it Jesus. really helps you learn how the mind works and how you can use it as a tool to, you know, learn the way that your mind works and learn it to, you know, to benefit you and get you in the within relationship, which was our big topic today. It's huge. My personal therapy helped in my relationship mm -hmm. and then our couples therapy. And it doesn't make you less of a person. It actually makes you more Better. of a person because it allows you to really know who you are, what you are, right. what you want, like you talked about, and allow you to achieve. And the stuff she was talking about, Eva, was actually pretty cool. Like I never thought about like your openness in how you are sexually can lead to openness in life. Mm -hmm. That's really that makes cool. makes sense, yeah. The only thing nice. for joining us, uh, Alvin will be with us in the future. Uh, so check her out at Sacred Partners on Instagram, Dr. Eva Brown on Facebook. Before we get out of here, we are on every podcast platform. We are on YouTube. We're everywhere. Thank you to Conrad Cadet and Cadet Digital. I know you got a lot of things working. If you want to hit you up, see if you can help them out. How can they do that? Uh, just go ahead and um, follow me on IG at, at Cadet Digital. You know, just send me an email if you know, or DM interested in some of my services where we're doing websites, we're doing landing pages, um, do a lot of different things. So just contact me for more information. And you can hit me up at Luby Wins, L-U-B-I-E-W-I-N-Z on Twitter and Instagram, also Facebook.com slash Mike Lubitz for Dr. Eva Brown or Conrad Cadet. I am Mike Luby Lubitz. Thank you for joining us. Please subscribe to this podcast on YouTube. Also on all the podcast platforms, we're there. The Let's or the it's Let's Get Real uh, Podcast. Uh. Oh, duh, you did it. Okay. The Let's Get Real Podcast or my name, Mike Lubitz, L-U-B-I-T-Z. 
Thank you for joining us and tune in next time to the Let's Get Real podcast. Peace. Let's get real, yeah. Keep it real. Let's get real, yeah. Keep it real. Let's get real, yeah. Keep it real. Keep it real. That's the deal. Let's get real, yeah. Keep it real. Let's get real, yeah. Keep it real. Let's get real, yeah. Keep it real. Keep it real. That's the deal.